What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're located in the world. I am Jason, your co-host. Welcome to 1% with him, and we are going to be doing a reading out of the book of Mark, chapter 5. And I want to say thank you. It is uh, Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. It's been a very rainy day, off and on, all day today. So uh, need a little bit of that, though. So every once in a while, we need to get a break from the sun, get some rain. But uh, happy to have you here. And uh, at my side, we got God and Jesus Christ. They are the host, and they are the ones at the wheel, and they are the ones that are piloting this ship through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. So again, I want to say welcome, and thank you for joining us here at His Hard Line. And so I hope everybody's work week is finding them, you know, every, you know, the work week is uh, treating you all right, and the, uh, you know, that your health is finding you alive and well, and you have abundance and, you know, health. So glad to have you all here. So we are going to get started here. Again, it's Mark chapter 5. We're going to be reading out of the New American Standard Standard Bible. I apologize for my latency. I was actually having some uh, technical difficulties with Podbean. Um, had everything situated. I got a text from a friend who said, hey, uh, see that you're live, and uh, but there's no audio. And so I had to look down at my phone. I'm like, oh, man. And so that was actually a boo-boo on my behalf. I was actually trying to do something different. I was trying to, uh, or not different, I was trying to schedule the, uh, you know, adjust the time for the uh, podcast and somehow I must have managed to hit the uh, the you know start live button and so yeah ended up going live but again there was no audio so that yeah, was pretty interesting but on a whole other note though um, I will say so remember about a month ago I was saying that the website hisheartline.com it seemed as if the website kind of got um, attacked because all my media players and everything like that on the website were completely taken down. Now I'm not, I have no way to verify that or substantiate that claim, but um, you know, it's just kind of odd that all the media players that I had on my website were completely taken down. I had to completely upload all new coding. I mean, it was just, you know, kind of an inconvenient mess, but got it figured out very quickly in the same day that I discovered the problem. But yesterday, as a matter of fact, though, now this is what was interesting. I was actually going to be reading a, uh, or not reading, excuse me, I was going to be listening to a podcast that I had already done. It was called The Contempt of the Constitution. And it was something that I really wanted to kind of go back over and re-listen to it because it is the first, first de jure law that has been created since uh, 1861. And so I just kind of wanted to get a little bit more well-versed on it. And so I wanted to go back and re-listen to it. And lo and behold, it was completely missing. Completely gone. It was, you know, I wouldn't play every time I would try to play it on Podbean. It would just skip to the next episode. I'm like thinking to myself, what's going on? 
And I did this for about a minute or two before I realized, okay, let me go to my website, see if I can play it there. It was completely gone from my website. And it was just that podcast, which by the way, was one of my most downloaded podcast episodes, by the way. And then I went to the national-assembly.net website and I went to go see if it was still there because that website is on a private server. But because, you know, the source code is, you know, pulled from Podbean, you know, I figured, well, no matter, it doesn't matter if, you know, that website has its own server. If it's pulling the show from a, a separate website, no server is going to protect that. I mean, that's just the kind of way that is. And so that was, it was missing from there as well. And so then I went to the media section on the back end of Podbean to see if it was there. It was completely gone. It completely vanished. I mean, it was like as if the show and the audio file never existed. Thankfully, um, Destry, he downloads a lot of stuff on, you know, for hard copies, uh, things that are relevant. And, um, yeah, he had a copy, thankfully, an audio MP3 of that show on his computer. So he ended up uploading it on a separate website that he has. And so I was able to download the MP3 so I could re-upload it. And you better believe that I am starting to download these uh, shows and put them on a uh, one terabyte hard drive that I have so I can kind of have my own backup. Should have been doing this anyways to begin with, but, you know, hey, lesson learned. So somebody apparently didn't want that show up um, for whatever reason. And, uh, I think the reason is very apparent because that is a law that's going to go after a lot of bad men and women out there that have committed many crimes against humanity. And the beautiful part about that particular law is that there is no statute of limitations. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of bad people that they don't want anybody knowing about that law. So anyway, so let's get reading, shall we? So Mark chapter five, and it reads, they came to the other side of the sea into the region of Gerasenes, and when he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, and he lived among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, not even with a chain, because he had often been you know, bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do you have with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had already been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the region. Now there was a large herd of pigs feeding nearby on the mountain. And the demons begged him, saying, Send us into the pigs so that we may enter in them. Jesus gave them permission. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the pigs. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Now their herdsmen ran away and reported it to the city and in the countryside, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. And then they came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had previously had the legion, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had appeared to the demon-possessed man, and all about the pigs. And they began to beg him to leave their region. And as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was begging him that he might accompany him. And he did not let him, 
But he did say to him, excuse me, but he said to him, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great king, what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him and he stayed by the seashore. And on, and one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came and upon seeing him fell at his feet and pleaded with him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. He went off with him and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. And after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she had been saying to herself, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And immediately Jesus perceiving in himself the power from him had gone out, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your disease. And so. While he was still speaking, people came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Why, why, brother, the teacher further? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And after entering, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. But putting them all outside, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was in bed. And taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha, come, which translated means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old. And immediately they were completely astonished, and he gave them strict orders that no one was to know about this. And he told them to have something given her to eat. And that is their whole reading of Mark chapter 5. So what exactly does Mark chapter 5 really mean? So as we break this down, the last story that was included in chapter 4, it combines with all of Mark chapter 5 to reveal that Jesus is more powerful than the 12 imagined. And they reached and, and they have reached the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And after Jesus displayed his authority over a fierce storm, which threatened to capsize the boat, the 12 were so amazed that they asked, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And so 
as we read in Mark 5, they will learn more about his power as he performs familiar miracles with an even greater scope. And so the first miracle recorded by Mark was the release of the man possessed by a demon. And since that time, Jesus had performed many exorcisms around Capernaum. And so as Jesus and the twelve arrived on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee, they were met by a man possessed not by one demon, but by a legion. In the Roman army, a legion consisted of 5,120 soldiers. And although we don't know the exact number of demons, it is considerable. And so Jesus expels the demons and allows them to enter a herd of pigs, which promptly run into the sea and drown. And the nearby townspeople were so distraught that they begged Jesus to leave immediately. And although the recently rescued man wished to travel with Jesus, Christ tells him, no, you need to stay and explain to your friends what had happened. And so this act of, you know, this, this acts is kind of like a, a, like target softening, right? And so the next time Mark records Jesus in the area, the people welcome him and his miracles. And so the testimony of the freed man, it seems, will go a long way to making his neighbors receptive to the gospel. And so the most common type of miracle that Jesus performs, however, was healing. And from Peter's mother-in-law to the paralytic to a couple of different crowns, Jesus healed many in the area around Capernaum. And here, however, the healings are unique. Now, although Jesus frequently sparred with the Pharisees and the scribes, needs often outweigh, you know, it often outweighed pride. And so back on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus meets one of the rulers of the synagogue whose daughter lies dying. And then the man comes up to Jesus and he comes and he begs him, hey, can you please come to my house and heal the girl? And of course, Jesus obliges. And so before Jesus gets, a, you know, gets real far, however, you know, he feels the power going out of him. And he discovers that one woman who suffered from that chronic bleeding. And she had the courage to touch his robe in faith, hoping, hoping that she would be healed. Well... When she realized Jesus knows what she had done, she is, of course, understandably frightened, thinking that she may have done something wrong, you know, like as if she stole a miracle from him. And so a woman, a woman with an issue of blood who was therefore considered unclean at that time, touching a rabbi was unheard of in that time. And so she rightly expected Jesus to be angry despite the deliverance that she senses she had received. And to her surprise, he calls her daughter, praises her faith, and blesses her. And for the first noted time, Jesus heals with no overt intention, or excuse me, no overt intent. And the woman in her faith call on his power and she is healed. And so at this moment, word reaches the synagogue leaders that his daughter had died. And Jesus assures the man that the that all she's doing is just merely falling asleep. That's it. And and continues on to the morning father's house. And there all indications are that she had really passed away. But then Jesus takes the girl's parents and three of his followers of the girl's bed to the girl's bed. And he does the unthinkable and brings her back to life. And so not only has Jesus healed, he has brought life where there had been none. 
and you got to appreciate this story because it's one of those things that <clears throat> we perceive many things on the earthly realm in in a certain kind of scope, right? We see things in a certain dimension that is on a very much lower reality than how, you know, than, you know, I guess a reality or realm than Jesus operates on. And so, but Jesus, but, you know, and, and we see this talked about throughout the Bible that, you know, we have similar, we, we have similar capabilities as Christ, if only we believe, right? As long as we accept Christ in our heart. And this is why the demons absolutely do their best to work so hard to make sure that they create so many distractions that, and, and not just distractions, but noise so that it drowns out the voice of God and the voice of Christ and that we don't accept Christ in our heart. And that's what they do because they understand the full power, as I will always continue to say, they know and they understand the full power that we yield when we have the living God, Lord Jesus Christ, in our heart. They know full well what Christ is capable of and they know full well what we as followers of Christ, they understand what kind of power we have when we invite Christ daily in our heart. And when we do that, that brings life to us on an individual basis. And that's when an old self dies and a new you becomes alive. And I tell you, that's kind of something that I have been experiencing over the last two years myself since 2020, September, October of 2020. You know, I had always had a belief in Christ, right? I've always had a belief in God. I always, you know, said, yeah, of course, Jesus is my savior. But what does that really mean? It's like I was saying a couple nights ago, you could claim yourself to be a Christian. You can wear the label and title of a conservative or a Democrat or a Republican or, you know, or a whatever. You could wear the title of being a, you know, a professional football player. But what does that mean? What are your actions? If you're, you know, the, the, the thing of the matter is, is that it doesn't matter what you label yourself as. It's a matter of what your actions are. And so, you know, once upon a time, the, there, was a, a, there was a very intentional sinning Jason, one who was, you know, still filled with a lot of anger from, you know, previous events through life. One who really liked to drink a lot, heavy alcohol. I used to be one of those. I used to like to drink a lot of Red Bull and vodka. Oh, boy. I tell you, that was the drink of choice when I was in the nightclubs. But let me tell you something. When you go through that transformation process, and it's not one of those overnight successes. Trust me, it's still a work in progress. It's, a, it's like a large renovation happening on a home. It just doesn't happen. Sometimes there's some, dis, you know, demolition that you got to do. You got to tear old things out, right? You got to tear certain structures down that were old, decrepit, maybe had a lot of cracks in it, maybe mold. Maybe the electrical inside behind the walls were out of spec, weren't up to code, right? So before Jesus can even work on us, 
he's got to tear us down a little bit. He's got a demolition. You know, there has to be a demolition process that has to go through. And that demolition process, I hate to tell you, it's it's kind of a painful thing. And when I say painful, I don't mean on a physical standpoint. I mean, it can, I'm sure, depending on, you know, what any man or woman's um, experience or what they're going through. But when I say painful, I mean, I'm talking like emotionally draining, mentally, because, you know, you have to accept the fact that the old you that you know, that you used to be, you know, if you, if you're going to move forward into a new you, there's a lot of aspects about the old you that you have to destroy and get rid of and toss in the dumpster. That's just kind of how it has to go before Christ can even really work on you to bring new life in you. And so back to like this little girl who had died and, you know, to the literal sense of the word, they had all, you know, they had all said that they, you know, well, you know, that in every sense of the word that she was actually dead. And like, like he said, he not only gave strict orders that, you know, made the little 12 year old girl get up and become alive again. But he also told them, you know, that, you know, after the little girl got up, not only did Jesus heal her, but he brought new life where he had, you know, where he had been you know, where, where there had been no life at all within that home. That's what I was trying to say. I was trying to think my, my mind was kind of fluttering there for a minute, but he brought life where there had been none once upon a time. And that's, I think a lot of us, a lot of us, we, we scroll through life, right? We, we, we mosey on through this life, through this world. I mean, my wife and I, we were just talking about it yesterday. We were in the car. In fact, no, excuse me, not yesterday, today. We're coming back from, uh, from the hospital after she, uh, you know, post-op appointment. And uh, we were, we were driving down the interstate and I told her, I said, man, I said, it just seems like this world, this world is really, really just not, how did I put it? I said, it just seems like the things in this world just really just are not making sense anymore these days. And she goes, yeah, it's really weird. And it's really strange, you know, and there's just so many people, so many souls that are just walking around and yeah, you see them walking around and they appear to be alive, right? They appear to be alive. Why? Because they're walking around. They got their eyes open. They're breathing. They're walking. They're talking. They're doing their jobs, driving cars down the interstate. So seemingly, yeah, they appear to be alive. But are they? You know, are they really alive? And so that transformation that that took place in me and is one of the reasons why this podcast even exists is because not only do I want to share the transformation story that I had undergone myself and still undergoing, but I can only hope that I can hope, you know, use the words, the power of words, right? Because it says, I think it says in, in Proverbs, right? Words either carry, you know, words either have life or death in it. it just depends on how you're going to utilize those words. And quite honestly, I'd like to use the words for life. And would like to encourage people who come here and listen to not only be encouraged by my story, and I'm going to share more personal things as time goes on. Again, I, I don't want to make this podcast about Jason Jones because that's not what this is about. If God so presses me or the Holy Spirit presses my heart to speak on something that might be pretty relevant, that might it might be a story that somebody needs to hear, well, then I'm going to, I'm going to share it. But ultimately, my whole goal here 
is I want people to, on their own terms, not because I asked, not because I requested it, but I want people on their own terms to not only ask Christ for repentance, but to ask him, can you amend my life? Can you fix me up? Because there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. I don't have the tools to do it. I don't have the know-how to do it. I need you to help me, please. And you, like I said, as I will always say, it's no secret. It's hard, but it's no secret. It's simple and it's hard. Let me say that. You had to give up 100% surrender of your life so that you can find new life. And that's what Christ does. And so I, that's why I like that passage so much, because he talks about that. And, of course, I like the beginning of that passage when he drives out that demon, the legions of demons, right? And there was multiple demons in that man. And, you know, and you can see the power that Christ yielded because they, they, they even said to him, you know, son, you know, we, <laughs> they said, what business do you have with me, Jesus, son of the most high? And, and it continues to say, I implore you, God, do not torment me. I mean, they knew how powerful Christ was. When he approached the, you know, the unclean man. You got to appreciate a man like that when he can, you know, approach an unclean man that has spirits in him. Not just one, but multiples of spirits. And they say to him, please, I implore you, do not torment me. That's a power that can't be beat. And then he gives those unclean spirits permission to go possess the pigs, at which that point, you know, they go and run off the cliff and drown themselves. I mean, it really is a miraculous thing. You got to appreciate that kind of power that Christ yields. And again, that's why I always try to tell everybody that comes here, give up complete surrender of your life to Christ, invite him in your heart, and just watch the renovation happen. Just watch. It's awesome. So anyway, that's really all I got for you today. We're going to end this in a prayer. So Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for yet another good lesson, another good story in your good book. I tell you, it's really hard to really pick a favorite verse or a favorite chapter because they're all equally important. They all have a very relevant story, a relevant lesson. And uh, I just want to say thank you for the men and, you know, back in the, you know, back in those biblical times, if you will that you guided and that you talked to through the Holy Spirit so that they would be able to write down what, you know, what they were discerning and what you were speaking, you know, into them so that they can translate this on paper so that we may be able to read this 2,000 plus years later. So happy for that. And we thank you for, for the Bible. We ask you for repentance of our sins, not just as an individual, but as a collective whole of an, as a nation. We know this nation is not just a fallen nation, but the world has been a fallen world. And we know that there are principalities that are hard at work that are trying to destroy the world that you've created. But we are going to be here in the flesh, working as warriors for you, for Christ, as assets of war. And you just give us the marching orders and you tell us what we need to do. And we'll carry out those orders without fail, without prejudice, and without fear. And so with all of this, we... We just pray that you just always guide our hearts, guide our minds, guide our souls, our actions, our thoughts, and our words, and let us always do the next right thing. And I pray for the National Assembly. I pray for America. I pray for our enemies, that they may turn away from their evil ways of doing things and hopefully turn 
to righteousness and, and, and start doing the next right thing, even if it still lands them in prison. We need our enemies who have been doing unrighteous and unjust things to humanity. And I just pray that they have a change of heart and they start doing the good, you know, the right thing and uh, whatever that looks like. So with all that, we pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all I have for you all today. Uh, this is going to be the only podcast broadcast I'm doing today. A little bit tired. I was going to do a reading, but um, I kind of got, I have to get some sleep today. So we're going to cut it short today and we'll, we will be back tomorrow. Let's see, tomorrow's Thursday. Um, I do have a, yeah, I have a state. That's right. I have a state assembly meeting tomorrow, a call that I need to be on. So what I may do is I may pop in here before the call. Cause I know typically I get on here about 20 to eight and uh, do the show. But I think what I might do is pop in here about quarter to seven, possibly um, I'll post it on true social and telegram whenever I land on a time. And um, I'll do a, at least a 1% with him. And then after the call, if I'm feeling a little, little spunky, um, which no promises, but I may do another, you know, reading out of the 2000 25 war manual. And I will say this. So I ran across something else. I don't mean to tease you guys, but this is kind of cool. I ran across something. It was an expose by a judge, uh, by a retired judge by the name of Dale. I don't know his last name. It was not on there. I'll have to ask, um, I'll have to ask who that, uh, who, what his last name is, if, if possible. But he wrote a 150 page expose. Yeah, excuse me. And yes, there's a national call. So actually, I may not be doing anything tomorrow um, because, yeah, we got the state call and national call at nine o'clock. So I may not even do anything outside of the Bible reading. Um, but again, about quarter to seven is probably what I'll do. Um, but yeah, I do have something that I think I'm going to be using um, for a topic. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it in the EDU spot or if I'm going to do it as part of like a, his hardline discussion, more than likely I'm going to do the EDU spot because it is a very, very interesting read. Um, it really breaks down the hidden secrets of America and it's called the great American adventure. And so I'm kind of like, I don't know, 40 pages in, Oh my God, I can't put down the PDF because it's on my phone. I cannot put down my phone. It is just an amazing read. So much good information. And it's one of those things that really will kind of have you, I don't want to say quite at the edge of your seat, but in a way, kind of at the edge of your seat, it's going to be one of those readings that you're not going to want me to end it. Like you're going to want me to read the whole 150 pages when I get started. That's how intriguing and interesting it is. So, but anyway, just a little teaser and what I've been kind of looking into and reading. I think it's uh, really important that you all hear it because it just talks about kind of what, what the elites have been doing since the beginning of time, it seems like, and how they have ruled this world, how they have taken over this nation. Uh, just very interesting stuff there. So anyway, that is all I have for you today. And until then or the next time, we will be back tomorrow. And, uh, oh, his name is here. It said Judge Dale had influence into the handbook. Oh, oh, very cool. And so um, I was just reading that on the chat board there. Um, yeah, he had influence into the uh, handbook for the, uh, the, the, the assembly, the National Assembly. And so, uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow, probably about quarter to seven, 10 to seven, depending, you know, if pod, you know, I'm just going to try to make sure I have pod being up and ready. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. So I hope you have a good night, good day, wherever you're at. And we'll see you then. Bye bye.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heartline. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates